G'day mates, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Troy McCubbin, and welcome to an extraordinary Guitar Wank. I don't even know where to begin on this one, folks. This is uh, quite an amazing, interesting turn of events that we are all going through. Not just America, usually I'd be just focusing on one part of the world, but it's the whole fucking world that's going through this, as far as I know. This is the coronavirus uh, eh, episode, I guess, and um, wow, it's been a while since we've actually I've done an intro, I think, but uh, I didn't think it'd be under these circumstances, so uh, interesting times we are going through. I hope everyone's safe. I mean, we're all at home, right? Uh, a lot of us guitarists are like, what do you mean? What's going on? I'm just doing my normal things, in my bedroom, practicing for hours and hours, and Oh, so you're making me stay at home more? Practice more? So that's a good thing. Okay, so there's a positive side. For those who can do that, but uh, a lot of people out there who've got families and all that kind of stuff. Fuck! Unbelievable jobs, people getting losing their work. It's, it's nuts. It's completely nuts. But um, I'm not going to go on about it because you just turn the TV on and 24-7 we can like, talk about it all the time. So uh, no point listening to uh, this Aussie talk about it. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to soldier on. I've been talking to Scott and Bruce. <laughs> Scott just, uh, Bruce just told me that uh, his school is uh, cancelled for the rest of their school year. So he'll be in, uh, I guess, an online school teacher, uh, music teacher. And as uh, you will hear shortly, Bruce is doing Skype lessons and all that kind of stuff. It seems like every musician is doing Skype lessons at the moment, because we have to. Uh, yeah, so anyway, but we're going to soldier on, and I think we're going to try and double up um, on some of these episodes and get more episodes out to you guys, because, uh, hey, you know, why not? Because, uh, like, you guys are... Everyone's just sitting at home, and what could make you feel worse than listening to another Guitar Wank episode if we just give you lots more? So that could be uh, kind of interesting. Maybe we'll do that. I've been talking to Bruce and Scott about um, maybe trying to do video. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to Skype, or we're going to work something out. And Because uh, Scott's at his house, I'm here, and uh, Bruce is in... Northern California, so um, we'll try and do something. Maybe we'll do some st- streaming thing and piss everyone off and show our faces, and uh, and everyone can sort of chime in and uh, really watch how boring our show is. But um, yeah, anyway, so that's where we're at. Uh, I'm sure we're all getting to play a lot more, I guess, at home. I mean, practice, pick up our instruments, trying to make uh, lemonade out of lemons. Okay, I've really got nothing on this one. Kind of blown away. Uh, to be honest, I feel like I'm still in the studio, I'm still working away, and really, ugh, my day hasn't changed much at all. And then I turn on the news and it's like, it's nuts. So uh, I guess we should be glad it's not zombies, it's just uh, the coronavirus. And um, let's all do our bit and start drinking corona, because I know they're hurting as well. So uh, you will not get the coronavirus from drinking Coronas. Apparently, that's a thing. Um, but anyway, we'll continue on. We'll see what happens, right? We'll just play it by ear. Uh, I hope, besides all that, besides the epidemic we're going through, 
How are you? You doing alright? Alright? You know? You getting some planning? Uh, hope life is treating you well up to this point. Um, we are going to continue on with Mr. Steve, or John Travolta. <laughs> Bruce said to call him. Now we're going to have John Travolta on this week. We'll continue with John Travolta, alias Steve Travato. <laughs> there you go. And, um, yeah, we're going to continue with Steve. That was fun. Steve was a great hang, a uh, great bloke, and a uh, great player. And it was a lot of laughs. I could tell just through some of the stories that Scott and uh, Steve used to get, uh, they used to have a lot of fun back in the day. Back in the days, they had a lot of fun with the booze and the women and the music and the bars. Sounded like good times. Those times are gone, people. <laughs> now we'll just have to watch movies and listen to Guitar Wank and hear of all the stories of the olden days when we didn't catch viruses and die. Uh, so anyway, we're going to continue with Steve's uh, episode. It's uh, I think there's some stuff I actually have to cut out in this episode. Yeah, I know. I've got to actually edit. What the fuck's with that? Um, but anyway, we're going to do it. And um, I will talk to Scott and Bruce. And we'll try and... Bruce wanted to double up and do two episodes a week. Um, I kind of feel like that's really shoving the coronavirus even more down your face and punishing you more. But... You know, maybe you guys might be into it. Let us know. Just let us know if you would like to have more episodes or if we could just keep it at one. Um, it seems like we've all got a little bit of extra time now. Uh, so, yeah. So, we'll check that out. We'll see if it happens. Uh, Bruce is going to jump in. He left a little message. Uh, wise words from Mr. Foreman. And then we'll get straight into the show. So, uh, be safe. Yeah, wash your hands. Um... Don't touch your face. And um, <laughs> I'm just watching everyone. What's up with the toilet paper, man? Just leave the toilet paper alone. Uh, man, I got a bidet in my studio. It's the best thing I ever bought. <laughs> the, apparently, the bidets are flying off the shelf now. So get a bidet. Uh, all right. So let's get into it. Mr. Bruce Foreman, you, you've got a few words to say here. Jump in, mate. Say your piece and uh, we'll get onto it. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week and hopefully a lot more be safe and uh up your bum howdy wankers welcome to guitar wank well i'm talking to you from an undisclosed location drinking copious amounts of hand sanitizer hoping everybody's hanging strong and doing well Obviously, these are extraordinary times, and just wanted to let you know that the Guitar Wank community is not going to let you down. We're here for you, and just want to remind you, we're going to keep putting out episodes. We're going to be trying to beef up everything. Let's all take advantage of this time to uh, be close to our friends and family. Maybe if we can't be socially we have to be socially distant, but that just means physically distant, not socially distant. So please reach out to people, and remember, uh, we all need each other. So hate to get all gushy with you all, but I'm, you know I'm going to make sarcastic jokes soon enough. So don't want to take light of the seriousness of this matter. A lot of us are out here without gigs. I know that. And uh, we're itching to play. We don't know when and how this is all going to resolve, but 
Let's Stick Together. There's lots of episodes up for those of you that uh, have a guitar wank fix and have more time on your hands. We're going to be putting out shows. We're not going to give up on you. And I also want to let you know that I'm doing Skype hangs of various length. You can pick it 15, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. And for those of you who uh, may be having trouble because you're, you don't have gigs anymore or whatever, I'm also willing to discuss a sliding scale. This is just uh, extraordinary times. We need to do extraordinary things. And most importantly, I'm hoping that when all this is over, we all emerge healthy, happy, and much bigger badasses on the guitar than we were going in. So enjoy this episode and know that there are going to be more. Keep swinging, everybody.
have you noticed a difference over the years of just just with how society and life is changing so quickly how students are learning differently like and you've had to adjust your teaching methods over the years oh absolutely yeah absolutely they used to be back in the days when they wanted t 10 pounds of licks that was what i taught back then right but now I, I realize that this you know i don't teach like that anymore i i, I say well well first thing i do is when a student comes in and rubs you the wrong way i i, I try not to punch him <laughs> and I say, you know what, I'm going to try, I'm going to, this is my job on this lesson is to make this guy, the, to, to lower his defenses. And I usually find out when I don't get along with students, it's, they're, they're, they're insecure. Yeah. And there's some kind of a wall they put up. Yeah. So I just strive to break that down. And then they, then they become much more amenable and teachable after that. And you get these rich kids at, at USC and who, you know, have been told since day one that they're Beethoven. And then they get to school and they're a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. And then immediately, well, they get insecure and I'm, well, I'm not, I might not be as good as I thought I was. And but they don't ever say that. They just start getting really uppity and kind of nasty and talk back and and uh, don't listen to what you say and say, well, what do you know? Right. Yeah, right. So I try to break that down. And if I usually find out, it's just that the kids are insecure and they're they're nervous and they see, you know, when you get to when you get to a big school like USC, you're no longer the best guitar player in your little town. Yeah. You know, because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough neighborhood and there's some, the students are all really good. and There's yeah. some serious badasses. You, yeah. Hey, what about, how do you go with the Skype lessons? You, you enjoying that? Does that work? Skype lessons are great. I, I have, I've done several of them all over the world. I just did one in Madrid, Spain. I did one in Oslo and somewhere in Norway. I don't know. Well, yeah. But here's the problem. The Skype lessons work great when the other person speaks English. Because if you're trying to teach a sophisticated, fairly advanced musical concept to someone in another country that doesn't speak English and I'm trying to explain it and, and there's a language barrier, it just doesn't work well. It's just you kind of wind up talking really loud because you think if you talk louder, they'll understand you. <laughs> I used to do it too. It, it, I, I, that problem and the other problem was just the dropouts. Like, you know, drop out in the middle of the lesson. It's like, okay, call you back. And then 15 <laughs> seconds later, drops out again. You go, okay, call you back. And it just kept dropping all the it's time. It's still amazing know? that somebody <clears throat> from anywhere in the world can call you and take a lesson. And you can be sitting there with your without your pants on and then, you know and, and doing How'd a lesson know? in your house <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I make that a point I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I know I know people told me about it that's why I knew has <laughs> that, um, that taken you, all the mystique out of it a little bit because I know when I was in Australia and I was watching all you guys on videos and listening to your music and all that I was like oh wow and just to think back then if I could have just hey Steve we're going to Skype lesson and I'm going to be in your living room or whatever just like that I mean that's amazing and awesome, but I wonder if it does take away... There's got to be a negative, too, to that in some aspects. I don't think humanly there is, because you, you can tell them... I mean, you can listen to them play just like they were in the room. And yeah. you hear them play, and, like, <clears throat> first thing I would ask a guy is, do you have backing tracks? Right. Yeah, I got backing tracks. He puts on his backing tracks. He starts playing. I can tell if he's rushing or dragging or phrasing, right, right. shitty yeah. phrasing or bad tone. I can hear it just like if he was in the room, yeah. you know, and I'll tell the guy, yeah, man, I think we need to work on phrasing or I think we need to work on time. Or, I think, I think what know, Scott's talking about is something, uh, what Troy's talking about is something else, is, oh. which, is, which is like, you know, the mystique. 
Yeah, just the mistake of seeing you guys. But I think that's really good because, I mean, granted, I'm not in the rock world, so I don't, you know, I mean, jazz has always been more of a community element. And, you know, you were always able to get to your heroes because they were just normal people and they weren't making, you know, they didn't have entourages and they didn't have press people. And, you know what I mean? They didn't live in big houses with behind gates, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. So, like, that always seemed cool to me. You know, uh, and yeah, maybe a little more work to get to them than we have now would be good because it's good when you work hard to get something. Guys, you know, guys you, appreciate, you appreciate things you have to work more. hard for, especially yeah. so women. So maybe you got a little bit of a point on that. Uh, I can say, like in jazz, you know, if you wanted to hang out with your, you know, like me, I'm thinking back of 18, 16 year old me wanting to learn, you know, and I was at Keystone Corner. I could go backstage and talk to Jim Hall and, and Herb Ellis and, and George Benson, you know what I yeah. mean? And they would talk to me. Yeah. And that would be such a thrill. Oh, God. Yeah, right? God, you know, I mean, it was, the biggest thrill was being in the room just hearing them. I, but then, I remember you know, making all you guys and how much of a thrill it was for me. Now, I mean, but it's such a lot. Now it's a drag, yeah. They found out what we're really like. Though that has been waiting to meet somebody, can't meet him because he doesn't live there, yeah. but just to get to talk to them yeah. on Skype, it's still great? a thrill. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a thrill for them. And, and they're, I mean, like I said, the, the, the biggest problems I've had is just technical bullshit. You know, like, yeah, you can't, they don't speak good English or the, the, the picture keeps dropping out or the sound keeps dropping out. That's a drag. Yeah, but and you most, can't most of the time, most of the time, think about it, the luxury of the fact yeah. that we can even do it. At no, all. most of the time it works. Yeah, it and, works. And, and you know, so you call back, or so this no. one didn't work. We'll set another session up. You know. Well, like, there's a lot of other. There's, there's Skype and there's Google Hangouts. There's three or four of those companies yeah, that do that. Yeah. I find that now that Google, the Skype pretty much has it worked out, but you still can't play with the other person. No, you'll never be able to never do that. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's the good. That's the bad news, but that's also the good news. Right. I find because when I can't play with someone. I can't play my guitar, and I'm a much better teacher without a guitar in my hand. Right. Because I can really focus in and listen to what's going on. Yeah. I'm not trying to... And then all you do really with a guitar is demonstrate. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. And a lot of times, some, some guys just want to transcribe. I mean, I've had guys do Skype lessons with me. They're working on a standard, and they just say, I just want to hear you playing over this standard so I can cop some ideas. And right. I go, sure, let's do it. You know, And I, I put how, how fast or slow do you want, uh, want it to go? Kind of slow because I want to be able to, you know, so Either put it lines, on yeah. at their whatever tempo they pick, and and I just start playing. Yeah. And 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 I might play a whole chorus, and he might go, you know what? There's enough there for me to work on for a couple of weeks. I'm good. You right. know, let's talk about something else now. Yeah. You know, or maybe he wants more, or you know what I'm saying? It it's just like, like a sort of like, yeah, man, I don't mind playing for a while, and and if whatever you like. Yeah. Feel free to use it. So, I'm Scott, sick of it. Scott, can you put your pants back on, please? I'm sick of it. <laughs> you put yeah, your pants back I've on. I've heard please. it enough. You can have it. Like I say, take my advice. I'm not using mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so let's talk about the yeah. time when I picked you up in Pasadena. No, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I gotta tell this story because it's amazing. Oh no! It's about Toyotas. It's really nothing to do with you. It's about Toyotas. It's about that fucking tree. Remember that fucking tree? Uh, how can I forget? <laughs> So, Toronto gets a dr- arrested 
You know? <laughs> yeah. That sounds like Toyota to me. Like <laughs> if I gets arrested, right? This is some kind of car trouble, right? I got to go pick him up at the fucking police station at Pasadena at 5 o'clock in the morning. Was right? that what it was? So I, yeah. So I pick you up. And you go, I gotta get my fucking car. It's in whatever. It's in the pound or the lockup or whatever they put it in. Junkyard or something. Whatever. (laughs) So I go, well, are you okay? He says, I'm fine, man. I don't have a scratch. I'm fine, you know? And I'm good. Well, let's go get your car. So go to get get the car. The fucking thing is completely total. (laughs) Total. Like the front end is like an accordion when you smash it together. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, man, how did you not get hurt? Wow. And he said, I'm just lucky, I guess, I didn't get hurt. And and I said, the car is a fucking disaster. It's a mess. And I said, what the hell did you do? And he says, you're not going to believe this, but I drove into my driveway and missed the driveway and hit a tree. <laughs> I said, That's you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I so, I've so, done the same thing to so, be so we go over to his house. And I see the driveway, but I don't see a tree. I said, what fucking tree? You know, he said, that tree. And he points it to it, and it's this little three-foot bush. <laughs> and it I killed, think, the, the, and fucking, it killed the, the fucking trunk of the thing I could fit my hand around. Oh, and God. it told this car. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, was... how is that possible? I will never, ever buy a Toyota <laughs> in my life. But that's a friend. When you can call your friend at five in the morning, he comes and bails yeah. you out of jail. That's a true friend. I, I <laughs> made days when phones Scott. rang, though. Now you wouldn't hear the phone. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 that's right. It would be you text him and you wouldn't answer. Yeah. yeah, right. Or you'd be in jail and you wouldn't remember his phone number. I'll never all forget that, phone. though, man. When I saw that tree, and then I looked at that tree, and I saw the nick in that tree where the car <laughs> hit it, and it was a little nick in the tree where the bumper hit it. It totaled it. It was that. What was that? That it was a Toyota, a right? Car. Yeah, it was an old Toyota though. It wasn't like a new one. It yeah, was an old one. It was a but, cardboard one. Apparently. Yeah, man. Like Actually, I was pretty surprised. The last time I saw you st- play, Steve, was with Albert Lee at Viva Cantina. I, I saw that. Gig. Yeah, I think we were together. Right. I think was I hanging out or was I playing? No, you played. No, you were playing, and Carmen was there. Carmine was there too. Yeah. You know that that YouTube clip of us playing together is still up. At, at Lucy's, I, remember? I don't. I don't even know who who put that up there. Somebody, I somebody recorded it and put it up, and I, I didn't take it down because I thought it was cool. You it's, know, it looked pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. It was you know? fun. And, and I borrowed one of your tellies. Remember, you had two. You, well, I got it. I brought my Sir telly because I knew you played Sir, and that uh-huh. that amp you were playing was a '65 Pro Reverb. That remember we had Dumble do all that work on our amps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a Dumble. That was sounded sounded good. Yeah, well, I remember you said that was a great amp. That was Lucy's, right? Lucy's. 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 It was at the old Money Tree, right on on Riverside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I had, I had a, yeah. Yeah. I had a residency there. I played there every it's, Sunday. It's a place called Foreman's. Yeah, and there's, yeah. A, there's really? a really good Argentinian uh, Malbec. steak place, Malbec. Right. That, that place, that place rocks. is great. Oh yeah. my god, that well, place we is go so there, good. They, you you go had there. some you had some um, dumbbells. In oh, your Steve's time? had some dumbbells. Okay, but oh, can we talk we, about it? We can talk about it, but what if Dumble hears this? Oh, that's we've been trying to get him. I've been trying to get him on the show. He won't come on. He might be uh, I'll probably interview him at his house. But. Well, you don't have yours, Bandmaster, anymore, right? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't have my Pro Reverb anymore. Yeah, I got kind of mad at him. Um, you did? Yeah, because. Well, there goes the interview. <laughs> I, no, I, just, I was. I, it's not like I was really like mad, mad, but uh, you know, I, me, and a bunch of guys helped him get his web name back. 
because there was a guy that makes amps that are Andy kinda, Fuchs. Andy Fuchs, and yeah. Andy Fuchs was using the Dumble name, which right. I couldn't care less if he wants to use it or not. It's fine. But Alexander was complaining about it, and I said, "Well, it is your name. I mean, if you want some help, maybe me or Landau or Larry Carlton, Robin." Just and some me. guys. Yeah, and you too. Yeah. I wrote a letter too. Yeah. So we all wrote a letter to Steve and said, hey, Steve, you know, like, I mean, Alexander's not happy about you using his name. And it Andy, is his right? name. Andy, so, Andy Fuchs. We were a little, we were Andy, a little Fuchs, Andy. Oh, Andy. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. And yeah. I said, Andy, you know, me and some of the guys were just trying to help Alexander out because he's not happy about you using his family name to, to sell amps. So would you mind giving the name back to him? And he kind of fought about it for a while, but then he finally said, okay, you know, no problem. But this was after a while. Right. Yeah. And a multiple exchanging letters, and some of them weren't very nice. You know, like, I mean, he, he never threatened to sue me or anything, but he was just saying, why can't you guys just leave me alone? You know, like, if Alexander wants the name so bad, why doesn't he call me? And I go, I don't know. You know how he is. He's kind of shy. He doesn't really want to confront people. So we're just trying to do him a solid and... Get his name back for him. So finally, Andy says, okay, you know, here's the name. And then Dumbo won't, because it cost him a hundred bucks to register the name, and he won't do it. And I'm like, Alexander, you've got so much money from selling amps and stuff, you can't pay a hundred dollars to get your name back so no one else can do this to you anymore? Fuck it, I don't... And I'm just like, after all this shit that we did, he, he doesn't... He just, you know, like wouldn't follow through with it and buy his name. Oh, that's right. Andy Fuchs was using the... the, the, And uh, and now it's still... Now, you know, it's up there. Have you gone there? No. Okay, you go to Mm Dumble.com. And Andy Fuchs still has that site. Dumble.com. He's still still paying to host it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's got a picture of Dumbledore, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it says... Be gone. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. But, I mean, he's still paying for that. Yeah. You know? Well, Andy's a good guy, man. I mean, he makes good amps. You know, like, I never, ever said anything bad about Andy's amps. I mean, you know, he's a good guy, and he knows what he's doing. But I, I was just trying to help Alexander out, and it just sort of irked me a little bit that he didn't follow through and buy his name back because it's on a hundred bucks like big deal and are you you wrote letters i wrote let larry wrote a letter called yes yeah. and i think robin robin wrote, yeah. yeah so whatever. So, <laughs> that's terrible that's what when you go to double.com that's what you see that's terrible yeah you know, nothing to see that's just so funny because so i yeah i called yeah. i called andy fuchs up and i said andy I, I called him and I said, Dumble doesn't really like you using his name here. I mean, I don't like it either. I mean, I use a, I use a Dumble amplifier and, I, and he was pissed at me for a few years, but then now we're best of buddies now, but he wasn't happy about that. But I was kind of pissed at that too, that he was using the name Dumble.com for his amps, right? Yeah. He makes good amps now. He's, he's yeah, all right. I don't see the... I just don't. Wait, good amps are good amps. There's a million good amps. Yeah. I mean, Dumble's a special artist. Let's. Yeah. We got, we got Did you, Steve, you, how long have you known Dumble? Since 1980, about. Jeez, me too. I mean, I remember when me and and Steve and Dumble used to go out and hang out, oh, like wow. at yeah, a bar, we, yeah. and and just shoot the <laughs> shit. And because Dumble, you know how close I lived to him. He was down the street from me. Yeah, yeah, we used right to go down the street. 
Yeah, used he used to, to come out, out to the chimney sweep, and we would sit in. Right. He would sit there, and right. one night he got up and played. I think he got up and played with you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He used to I call mean, you we, Hurricane he Henderson. He was Howard Dumble then. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is before he changed his name. Yeah. So, so we he's an e-jammer. Well. Yeah. He's an e-jammer. He likes that one song that he wrote in e. Yeah. Yeah. He plays it all the time. He, ca- he used to. He came over when I did that That's album, good. Well to the Bone. It's good. Him and Mike Landau came over. Right. And because they just wanted to hear what I was up to, they sat there. We just would shoot the shit for a long time, and Dumble would say, "How'd you get that sound?" And this is then, and part of it was his amp because I was using his amp, and yeah. I would say, "Well, this is where I used your amp, and this is where I used your amp." And he's a music fan. I mean, the guy's yeah. like he's. It's not like he's just one of those nerds. He loves music, and yeah. and uh, Scott, that's a Dumble's. whatever. That is, what? Who? What? The, no, the, the Dr. Z? Oh, yeah. No, no the, one, the, one, the one behind the cover. Under the cover. The black cover. Oh, the one on top. Yeah, directly behind. Oh, I see it over there, yeah. No. Oh, I thought they were looking at oh. me and pointing. I didn't yeah, know what oh, they were talking about. Oh, behind Scott? Yeah. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. that's the one he did for you? I think he, that's the mod he did for Scott and I. That the Bandmaster mod. mod, right. You did a Bandmaster, I did a Pro Reaver, but it, oh, okay, he called it the, thing. what he called it, the Tostada oh, or something? Ultraphonics. The rock Oh, yeah. I also had a, in mine, I also had another one I had, Overdrive Special. That mm-hmm. it was great. And he did uh, the HRM, the Hot Rubber Monkey mod, and he did the Skyline EQ, whatever. The, I don't know what they are. Right. But he did all those mods on mine because I was. I, apparently, I gave him a hard time because Bruce asked him who your most difficult yeah, customers you, you were. And Carlos were, were the two. <laughs> Me and Santana were the two guys that say gave him the hardest yeah. time over tone. Yeah. Wow. And he is. Uh, it was just a crazy thing. I mean. I know now that guitar, li- electric guitar lives in the mid-range, but back then I didn't want to hear so much of a mid-range spike, but his amps do that because they cut through. And I kept trying to pull the mid-range out of it. Yeah. And his amps that they aren't made to do that, really. I mean, the, the, that overdrive special isn't. And so I gave him a hard time, and I, I was over there every week. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, you know, when I played through the sweet amps, when I got mine, I liked the overdrive special. And he couldn't believe it. It's like, for a clean sound... I like the Overdrive Special, the best yeah. of all the things he had to offer. He says, look, you can't afford one of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jazz musician. You can't afford well, he, that. He just said, I don't think he wanted to make it, but and he's probably right I couldn't afford it, but it was just funny that he just blew me off. He says, just go get a good old thing. I had a friend, I had a friend that wanted a Dumble amp, and, and Dumble said, send me a tape of your playing, and the guy sent him a tape, and Dumble said, no, he's <laughs> not going to build an amp. Yeah, he auditioned it. everybody first, right? Well, no, no, and actually, I, I, I admit that I told the story wrong on the, I don't know that I've corrected this factual inconsistency in Guitar Week history. Um, I originally thought that my friend Les, our friend Les, mm-hmm. uh, had, had filmed me playing one of his Dumbles, and sent it to Alexander without me knowing, but I guess I did know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you know how you just don't remember things, yeah. right? And so I told the story like and he just took a picture because I had asked him to, you know, I had borrowed Les's amps for gigs and they were the best amps for my guitar that I'd ever played, so mm-hmm. I wanted to have one. And, uh, and he never responded to me and then Les took a video of me playing and then he responded to me and was willing to make an amp. Yeah. And and I had intimated that I was unaware of that, and Les said that I knew that was happening. I don't really remember, but Les, I'm sure, remembers better than me. So I want to clarify that little thing, just because I like to be honest most of the time. 
He's never honest with me. <laughs> you, he tells me I sound good all the time. He's oh, you should say the other episode. You know, a bunch of bullshit. Man, I have to talk you off a ledge so fucking much. You owe me like shrink money, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, you came to my gig. What did you have to? Did you have to like? You know. No, but you're a happy guy, and you're all well adjusted. <laughs> <and everything. laughs> and you've heard the way I play. Maybe that's the problem. Steve, do you have to talk these guys? Do you have to talk these guys out of trouble? How many times did you have to bail Scott out of trouble? No, we we, we just we just hit it off because I, I'm, I'm a little crazy, a lot crazy, and, and I met him, and somehow I, there was some kind of crazy connection there, and we just became friends. And, and Bruce has always been—he's like the, the rock around here. Compared right. to us. You know, <laughs> Jesus, that's just such a scary thought. <laughs> you know, me and Steve always had, like, we've always been fans of each other's playing, you know. And I don't remember being very dark around Steve because I always figured that if I, if I play, Steve's probably going to like it. And he knows that if he plays, I'm probably going to like it. Right. You know, I don't feel that way about other people sometimes. <clears throat> I feel like, God, this guy probably hates what I'm doing right now. <laughs> You know, are are like, Jesus, you know, how could he possibly like this? He's so much better at this than I am. How could he possibly like this? Yeah. I I don't know. You know, for some reason, maybe it's because me and Steve don't play the same kind of music. Right. You know, we play a different kind. We're we're in a different fields, kind of. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I I feel relaxed when I play in front of Steve, and Steve probably feels relaxed when he plays in front of me, so he won't come over and cry on each other's shoulder. <laughs> well, I suck, man. I'm sorry. I suck so bad. <laughs> We've never had that kind of relationship musically. Right. You know, yeah. whereas whereas I don't, I feel different when Bruce is in the audience. I'm going, God, he probably fucking thinks I suck so bad. <laughs> and I'm like the biggest fan in the fucking audience. That's what the fuck, and that just goes out of the show. You know, like how how dumb we are. You know, we get old, we get old, but we don't get smart. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> thanks, man. Steve, you know what though? You did one of the coolest things. I think I think you still do it. Yeah. I came to the baked potato to see you one night, and I was I got there early. It was just you and me, and you, and you were doing a sound check. But what you did is you were playing something into a looper. Yeah, I still do that. And then you pl- you, yeah. you you played the, you played something into a looper and then just let it go, put your guitar down. Mm-hmm. And then you would walk around the the whole baked potato and see what it sounded like through the mains. Yeah. So you would see yeah. hear what the audience was hearing yeah. with no audience here. I thought that was amazing that who would ever think yeah, to do I that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why more people don't do that cuz you can't trust the sound guy, that's for sure. And, I can't and, stand uh, to listen to myself. Uh, that's why I wouldn't do. Uh, you know, I, I you know, it's just that sometimes <laughs> sometimes you know, you put put you know, you have a place in the speaker where you usually put the mic. Yeah. And in some rooms it sounds like what you hope it's going to sound like, but in some rooms it's like, "Oh my god, it's so fucking bright and hurts your ears and you really have to do a serious treble cut on the board." And that's all I'm really checking for. I'm, I'm checking to oh, see. Would you, you move know, the mic over further? No, away I would. From I would cone? EQ it. I would EQ oh, okay. it. You know, I would take some of the EQ okay. because because that part of the speaker is delivering what I want. Okay. And if it's better to e- it's better not to move the mic. Okay. It's better to EQ it okay. on the board. Okay. Like if I hear too much 10k, have you? Or you and you've like done that. that, obviously. Yeah, lots of times, and okay. you just tell the sound guy you know no hey, but i'm saying you have moved the mic before and you oh see yeah the, yeah okay. yeah then you really don't like it because okay. because if you're used to if you're used to the sound of the mic like say where the where the cone meets the paper right. in that seam which is where a lot of guys get their they start there 
It's right. a good place to start, you know. If it's too bright, they move it into the paper. If, right. they, if it's too dull, they move it into the cone. But the thing is, is the further you move it into the cone, the fizzier it gets. Right. And the fuzzier. You move it into the paper. And the made the more mid range and honky it gets. Oh, okay. And I hate that fucking honky mid. You I know. know. You, you so, honkies. I hate honkies. Yeah, I hate honkies. You know, <laughs> I've always hated those motherfuckers. Honky. So, <laughs> what are you using nowadays when you're out playing? Uh, I have so many amps now. I, I people, the one I like now is the Tone King Imperial. Oh, okay. They just they called me up and they said we'd like you to play one, and I said well, fine. Give me the twenty five hundred dollars to buy one. Right. And they said no, we want to make you one. So they lent me one as a loaner. And now they're making me one. Where is Tone King? They're down in uh, Huntington Park. Oh, they're here. It's in the same. There's this huge warehouse down there. I'm surprised. Maybe you probably do know about it, but it's it's a warehouse where they make. Tone King, they make Diesel, they make Friedman, oh, they make oh, I didn't know Morgan. Oh. All these amps are made that Wampler pedals are down there. It's this big Morgan, isn't that what Josh Smith plays? Yeah, those Josh are, has those a big good amps. I like those mm -hmm. amps. And yeah. so they make all these amps down there, and Tone King's down there. Mm -hmm. So they called me up and they and, and they're all they're all separate, obviously. They're all separate, but yeah, they all, they all consolidated in this one building. Yeah, wow. but the manufacturing's done in this one place. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And so I've been using that Tone King lately. It's just a 20 water and it's great for today's world because I don't need a 50, 60 watt amp anymore yeah. because it's just, where are you going to play? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the stuff that I do, I don't need to be... So I use that and I also have a, a, an amp by a guy named Carp, Carpenter. And he okay. made me a Carp amp. Not a car, but a Carp. And it's, it started out as four, six V6s, which I really like as a really sweet sound. Just wasn't loud enough. It wouldn't get above a drummer. Right. So I had him put two e two six L sixes in it, and it still wasn't loud enough. So I had him put two EL thirty fours in. Now now it sounds great. It's a really pretty clean amp, and it's got a great overdrive sound. But I mostly now, and then I have a bunch of other ones. You know, Fenders, Black Face, uh, Red Plates. What's that other one? That a bunch of Italian amps. Mezza Barba. They must have hit you up for I, an amp. I, I've heard of. I don't remember talking to him, but I know the name of the amps. I've seen them in Italy. Yeah. Do you use pedals? Do you use a pedal? Yeah, I basically now I do everything. I play everything clean, and I do everything with pedals. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. I like an amp that does a one-trick pony. does one thing really well. I've never thought that amps could really do either a clean sound or a distortion sound. People say they can, but I still like just a clean sound, and I do everything with pedals. pedals yeah. You know, you told me about the SD9. I never went with that. I use the, the, the O. Vintage Overdrive pedal, which is one step down from that. Which is, what's that? It's the same as it's SD9, but it's one step down as far as the oh, amount the of... Oh, the VOP1. VOP1, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that pedal. It's yeah. a nice sounding pedal. I yeah. use that one tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know why you don't like it is because when you split a chan when you split amps into two channels, you have to use a buffer. And a lot of guys hate buffers because they, they just do this thing. I don't know how to describe it, but I sure hate it. I can't stand it. So when I play through a... a, a double channel amp i'm usually not as happy as when i play through just a single channel amp simple right. the simpler the better you know that's what i think let the, yeah. let the pedal do the work yeah yeah, yeah. i kind of i play dirtier than him so i kind of yeah. have the amp a little dirtier right. you know it crunchier yeah it's not totally clean it's crunchy but same thing yeah so you know using the amp for a little bit of the distortion using the pedal for probably most of it yeah and it's are you using what mike tallies? does and yeah well i'm are you playing strats or you well i'm mostly using tellings now i got i got you know sometimes the truth hurts <laughs> 
all the time. The truth is. Oh god. So, so I got pulled. I'm scared. I got pulled aside by. I play with Pete Anderson a lot. Almost oh, every week yeah. with Pete from. Um, at the you play at the Moose with him or not? No, I, I play at the Viva Cantina with him. I go play with him almost every week. Oh, okay. And one night about three years ago, he Pete pulled me aside and says, "Steve, he says you can sort of sound like everybody and anybody, but where's you?" And I thought, it's kind well, of a mean thing to say. But, no, but that's it, a beautiful. It's a great thing, thing to say. say. It, it hurt my feelings it at hurts, first. It hurts, but boy, he loves you. But then I thought, wow. So I went home with my tail between my legs, and I, he says, "Why don't you just go home <laughs> for six months or a year and figure out who you are? Like, don't try to be sixty. Don't try to sound like Albert Lee, and on your best night, sound like sixty percent of Albert Lee having a bad night." So he says, figure out who you are and what, what do you have that's unique. Right. So I just kind of let go of, you know, I could always sound just like Robin. I could sound just like all these other guys. And then, but there's no, there's no me. I'm invisible. I'm, well, a, I'm an amazing composite that, man. But... So I just turned everything, I just shut everything off. Right. I just, okay, who do I want to be now? So I just let go of everything I was trying to think I was, think I was. I just said, okay, this is who I am now. And it's much, it's actually... Was hard at first, but now it's much easier and it's much more honest. Yeah, and it's really I think I think it's what separates the men from the boys, because as long as you try, as for me anyway, as long as I try to sound like somebody else, if somebody doesn't like it, I can blame it on well that wasn't my like it was Larry Carlton's blame him. <laughs> <laughs> somebody doesn't like it, I can just blame it on somebody else because it wasn't really truly my heart. But if I play who I am, right, and somebody doesn't like it, they just don't like it. Yeah. And you just got to say, okay, well, you don't like it. Other people do. Yeah. And it was just, it seems like a painful thing to hear, but it, and it was, but it actually was in the long run, it was the best thing that I, I ever wow. heard. I think wow. it's weird because I never thought you needed to have that told to you. Because to me, you've always sounded like you. I guess. I don't hear all this stuff. I, didn't, I don't hear what he was hearing. Because well, maybe that's because But he, you weren't you on know, the gig. Oh, well, I'm not on the gig every night with you, but... You well, weren't, but no, but you weren't yeah. on that gig. yeah. But I mean, and I'm not saying that, you know, he's an asshole or anything, but I'm just saying I always thought you had your own thing that was really unique. But you know? still, a, a really good, honest friend is going to tell you shit like that. Even if he's wrong, yeah. he's going to tell you that. Well, and, and yeah, you know, that takes that, real Steve? fucking balls because you love somebody and you know they might hate you for it. To do that, well, I might say you that know to somebody I mean? who sounded like a clone. Like if I heard somebody that I thought he was really a clone of, somebody or just else, somebody who you just you really know. didn't, you didn't feel that you were getting all of what they had to give you. Well, you know, maybe, I mean, there's just lots of things well, what, there. What's man. what's the result of that, basically? So now, you now you're playing. No, he doesn't have any work. What's the instrument? <laughs> no, no, I have no work anymore. <laughs> No, so what, what's the what's instrument the re- did you found? Did you find your voice? So, in yeah, I've, I'm, yeah, I, I pretty much like. When I play, it's just me. It's, okay, it's just and me. what is what is the? Um, so you've gone away from telling. I mean, yeah, the gear thing. I mean, is is of course you you sound like. I mean, you played today. Which can I actually do a quick modulation no, here? Okay, no, no, you okay, can't. Go ahead. I, what, I what's your, what's your gear setup? Everybody's interested in gear. Gear? No, blow I'm not interested. No, I'm interested. Oh, okay, we have a sixty-two. <laughs> He's always tell, like this. A sixty-two telly <laughs> with a vintage <laughs> pedal. This. I'm interested and a, in and a no buffer that. Jesus, that's fucking snoring, Christ. so that's good, you know. So usually he's snoring. Yeah, man. All right, fuck, I, I gotta have I, a red can double. Can I hear bleeding. Steve talk, please? <laughs> Go ahead, tell us. About yeah, can we have the guest talk, tell us please? About your gear. You really want to know? Yeah, I want to know about your music. I don't okay. give a fuck doing? about your gear. Well, some of the guys. Okay, so I'll, okay. I 
use whatever amp I happen to need for the room, depending on the size of the room. Right. I have several of them. For, they all pretty much sound the same, different mags makes. I usually bring a Telecaster from Plain Country. I bring a, something else, a Strat, mainly. I have a, I've been using a Les Paul lately. I, I got a 1960 oh, wow. Les Paul that I really yeah. like that sounds... That's what I used to play 20 years ago. So three different styles. I don't have a jazz box, so I try to play jazz when I play it on a, on a Les Paul. I'm right. backed off. And I also have a Duesenberg guitar, which I Ooh. really like. That's which a really one have you got? The, uh, Is the Campbell one? No, I don't have that one. I have right. the full. It's called the Fullerton. Okay, they're beautiful. It's beautiful. I've never heard you play a Les Paul. That would be a first for me. I've never. I've only heard you play Strats and Tellys. Yeah, I've been playing yeah. a Les Paul almost That's exclusively. Cool. So I mean that that, and I use my pedal board, which has a few you know essentials on it. I don't have yeah. these pedal boards the size of a sandbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have. What do you need? You need some kind of. You need some kind of buzz, some kind of overdrive. I have. And I have some kind of delay yeah. and a compressor and yeah, the, the reverb. Yeah, basic, basic mm -hmm. tools. And the, the Duesenberg's more Gretchy kind of vibe. It's Gretchy. Yeah. Because I do a lot of that Chet Atkins yeah. kind yeah. of thing, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did like. you ever meet Chet? I did meet Chet. Oh, you did? Yeah. What was that like? Chet was wonderful. He, he We talked for a minute and... He, I used to go to the Chet Atkins Appreciation Society convention in Nashville. Oh, Bruce went to that last year. At the yeah. Music City Sheridan, and everybody was there. And Tommy Emanuel, we yeah. all played there. And uh, I met Chet next to him at the urinal in the bathroom. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> was he a cocky fella? <laughs> Maybe he wasn't pissed off. And he off. says... Uh, Depends. <laughs> oh, man. He says, I, he says, I like my new glasses. He says, well, when... Well, I'm looking down, I'm admiring the big one and pissing on the, my shoe with the small one. <laughs> <laughs> and then and we talked for a while, and he says, Well, Steve, if I don't see you in the future, I'll see you in the pasture. <laughs> <laughs> he was just that kind of a guy, yeah, just right. witty and just wow, and a brilliant player. What a legend, eh? Yeah. yeah. Man. And you, do you catch up with Albert much? Because you guys have... Oh, yeah, we, I play with Albert all the time. Yeah, yeah. He lives here now, right? Well, he he's lives, always he lives here Albert. since 79. Oh, okay. Yeah. He lives in Nagura. He, we had him on the show. Yeah, that's yeah. what Bruce was saying. Albert yeah. came in. It yeah, was, I missed pretty, it. I, was, yeah. I think I was out of town. You were, he's pretty, he's a pretty soft-spoken guy. I mean, Yeah, he's a, he's he doesn't a like gentleman. The, he doesn't... I, don't, I mean, I know him really well. I mean, the things he's done is pretty much remarkable, but he doesn't like... Doesn't talk about he's talking about humble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just saw him on TV with. I uh, might have been a little, but with Clapton and I mean Clapton and. Yeah, he's. he's well, he's a legend, man, he's a, for he's sure. He's a legend. He's yeah. a legend. No yeah. great, great guy. Yeah. So him and his wife Karen, right? Karen, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I play with him all the time. Whenever I can, he's he's always on the road. He's always yeah, doing he, something. Please. He, when we had him on the show, he was kind of complaining because he didn't have a lot going on, and he was like, oh, "I'm just looking to play with anyone and just get out and play all the time," and he. After that show, he must have got a fire in his asses up because he's just on tour all the time now. The guy's like nonstop. Well, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's a living legend now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he told me he's playing more now than he ever has in his life. He's 75 years old. Wow. So that's remarkable, isn't that's it? That's amazing, right? Good on him. That's, he's wow. such, such a great So that's cool. So what's, what's uh, 2020 happening for Steve? What's... Uh, what well, the fuck does that mean? What well, what's what's happening in 2020? What, oh, you, 2020. 2020. <laughs> not the TV show 2020. No, what's happening this year? The TV show. 
Yeah, I thought he was talking about his vision. <laughs> vision. Obviously, you can see he wouldn't be here. <laughs> oh, I like this. This is fun. This is good. You know you're never going to work again after being on the show. I love it. Phone like stop ringing like two really, hours man. ago. You know, everybody, everybody who's here, this is like the beginning of the end. Like Albert Lee is the only one who actually bucked the trend. No. Everybody else works less after It's not like I was working that much before. Right, well, there you go. <laughs> it's like there John Bazzano stays home Tuesday nights. To get yeah, right. Right. In case he gets a call. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've been man. working on what I'm what I'm doing. Now, I've been playing mostly acoustic guitar in the last year. Oh yeah, years. I play, I love that. Yeah, acoustic guitar, and I've spent two years working on getting a sound for that. And every company gave me all their fancy amplifiers. I have the Roland acoustic amps, the Fishman, the AERs, everything else. They all suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone hear just that says it. Okay, can now can uh, I right. modulate? Well, hang on, wow. hang on, hang on, hang on. I can't let this oh, go shit. because. Yeah. Good modulation now. It's I, a good modulation. Uh, is it a question? No. What is it? He wants to bitch. Fuck, about I want to modulate. <laughs> all right, all right, modulate. Okay, acoustic guitar. Yeah. Today I was hanging out with Steve. Uh, I just happened to have come into uh, temporary possession of one of the most amazing acoustic machines I've ever come across. Steve played it. I played it. My students played it today. You had it in the mm -hmm. studio here for a couple of days. It was sent to me, but Troy opens my mail. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Just like any good wife does. And so um, there's this guy named Ken Parker who has cracked the code. Is the same Ken Parker from Parker, Ken Parker Fly, Fly Guitars? Fly, yeah. Yes. And this guy is a... Is a just a genius. I mean, a genius. This guitar is like a violin, right? It's, it's I mean, remarkable. It's he's got a whole new system for how the neck fits on the guitar. It's not built into a dovetail joint like mm -hmm. every guitar we've ever seen in our whole life. Mm -hmm. It's actually floating on top of the top on a fulcrum. Oh, interesting. And um, the sound holes in a different place. It's oh. got this. It's got this amazing pickup. That can pick up bronze strings. Play and the neck plays like amazing. It can. It is the like. It's like the missing link. It almost is more like. It looks like more like a jazz box than an acoustic guitar. Right. I know whatever it looks like. It is whatever you want it to be, but it is the missing link between the ultimate flat top guitar. Yeah. And the ultimate archtop guitar. Mm -hmm. It is that, you know, for those guys who were playing archtops and were always kind of pissed off because they were a little dead sounding and, and tubby, it's got that angel sing that the flat tops have. So what? But, but then the flat tops that you always hated because they were like, they loved the key of C and D and A, but they hated the key of A flat and D flat, right. or they would choke when you play like a complex voicing, right? right? This guitar can handle that. So this guitar is truly a miracle of acoustic engineering. I've just got to say, this guy is a genius, and I'm in unbelievable admiration of him. I'm glad we've got this guitar hanging around the school for a while. I'm sure he's going to want it back. Um, they're very expensive, and they're worth it. How expensive? Very expensive. Like um, over 10000 more, more, more than your car. Oh, that's $20,000. That's more than that. 
Jeez. Your car now is like $30,000. So, so let me ask you, is, I mean, how does this, how does it sound compared to like, say, the Sontag? I'm just... Okay, uh, the Sontag is more like a traditional arch shaft. The, the Sontag isn't trying to be what this guitar is. Uh-huh. is. Uh, this guitar is kind of similar to like the Rebecca Halfling that I had, um, and to my ear, to is. my ear, it's got more of the it's it, it's grabbed more of the flat top, angel singing, widespread pianistic orchestral mm-hmm. sound. So but basically, the, the it thing has you played like higher frequencies. Steve played some Irish stuff on it, and he uh-huh. played some bluegrass on it. And it sounded beautiful. I've been playing bebop on it all day long and like swing jazz. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it worked in that. It's amazing. And, and it worked, it worked like playing duo the, with like a Strat. Yeah. It worked playing duo with a with a L5. You know, I mean, it. it's a really amazing guitar. Um, all I can say is kudos to this brilliant man. I'm 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 grateful. I'm going to actually demonstrate his guitars at a guitar festival in like May or something. Maybe he'll give you one. He ain't going to give me one. But anyways, I mean, and I'm very happy with the Sontag, you know. So I'm I'm cool with what I got. But and I'm and and I have to paint it red. So I don't think he wants Mm -hmm. to do that. But um, and I want to also talk about another thing because it's happened since the last time I saw you is Collings. A, a great guitar company in Texas sent me a 335 to check out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how the neck is. Whoa, that and, is weird. And um, I just got to say that this guitar person. is like one of the best, maybe the best made guitar I've ever seen. Right. I mean, it just, everything, I mean, I've never seen a guitar where you can't like point out, well, this is wrong, you know what I mean? Every guitar I can do. That. Did you play that too, Steve? That Collings, I played. Yes, I've been playing for a couple of weeks. But did Steve? Did Steve play that? Steve I didn't, didn't play that play. one. No, I played the other one, right. which is remarkable. No, it? and it's like everything about that guitar is fucking perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's not really me. I play it a lot, and and, and I become an asshole when you hear me on this guitar. You <laughs> want to stay away from me. Because, You've always been an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a really big asshole. Whatever, however bad an asshole I am normally. Imagine me just—I can't stop. I mean, just like come over. I'll play everything you play. I'll play everything I play. I'll play everything we didn't play. You know, I mean, it's just I just play so much shit because it's so easy to play and it speaks. And but it—it kind of has that three thirty-five e sound that I—I don't know. I like more punch. I like more acousticity. You know, and more fight. And and I definitely need to be slowed down by a guitar because that son of a bitch makes me. You know, like. AJ Foyt. Yeah, fast. For those of you who are young, that was a famous race car driver. Had, had you seen um, that the Parker before, Steve? Or? I haven't. I haven't seen it before. Bruce called me into his office tonight on the way before we got in the car to come over here and said, "Check this out." And I, I was completely flabbergasted. It was, it was stellar. It's yeah. like a I mean, violin. I mean, you tap the top and you hear, you know. You're in for a whole new experience. It's, it's yeah. almost like when you look at it, you can envision it, and it'll be it'll be whatever you want it to be. If you think it's an acoustic guitar, it'll be that. If you think it's a nylon string guitar, it'll be that. It'll sound like that. It sounds just whatever you imagine it to be. It's so How many of these has he made? Numerous, numerous. I don't know what the actual number is. The one I've got is one of the first ones. On the website, he says he makes six a year. Okay. Are there any kind of famous guys playing them that we know of that we would know? 
I, all I can say, all I can say is, is maybe no one can afford everybody. You know, no, really. If you play this thing, you'll go like, oh God. Yeah, you know right. this. I mean, when I first when I first met him, which was last that that Archtop Festival in Colorado, um, he like handed me the guitar. He says, "You need to play this." I said, "I, I don't want to. You know, I don't. I don't want to play anything good. I don't have any money. I don't want a, another guitar." Says no. Well, we had mutual friends. Come on, play this thing. You know, and it really intrigued me because it had bronze strings, but it had a pickup, and mm-hmm. and I love the sound of bronze strings. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can't get them to come through a pickup. And mm-hmm. says, no, we got a whole thing. This guy who makes the pickups is a, is a great guitar player. I forget his name now. It's like shit. I'm I'm just gonna fuck it up, so I'm not gonna say who it is. But he, he's a great guitar player who teaches at DePaul University in Chicago. And he's like some amazing autodidact who figured out the world of, you know, like a Les Paul. Kind of mm-hmm. And he invented this pickup for these bronze strings that works. Which, all, yeah. which, is, a, which is unreal. Which is un, unreal. Um, and, and Ken said, come on, just play it. You know, we'll go in the back room where there's an amp and you can play it. And, and you know, and I'm playing. And I got lost in that guitar. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes later, I look up and there's a room like full of 50 people <laughs> standing mm-hmm. around listening to me play. It's like, I mean, and I don't even know what happened to me. You know, mm-hmm. so I went, this is fucking amazing. Wow, that sounds really um, cool. I'm not 100% sure that it's a good guitar to play in a group. Mm-hmm. It, it's so Big and beautiful. It's like a nine foot piano. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. nine foot pianos, in my opinion, aren't good in rhythm sections. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They're yeah. too powerful, and they make all the rest of the instruments sound small, and they and the other instruments get in the way of how beautiful the instrument mm-hmm. can be. Like whereas a seven foot piano kind of melts into the rest of the instruments. I don't know that that's the fact. That's the feeling i'm getting from playing it it's like no i just want to be alone with this thing you know maybe another guitar you know maybe a voice but that's you know it seemed like that that's what i felt but i mean again until i play it in those situations i won't know but because i haven't but it is staggering wow staggering it really is no. What what are you normally playing acoustic wise, Steve? I have a um, right now. I have a Boswell guitar. Okay. It's uh, you know, a one-off maker that he was working at. What's the place in New York City that does all the acoustic work? The uh, they have a great acoustic store in New York City. Anyway, he was the the, the Umanov, Matt Umanov, maybe. Or is it Mandolin Brother? No, that's in natural. Um, Matt Umanov is, I think, the one you're talking about. Yeah, somewhere in New York City. So yeah. he was in New York City, and he was the repairman for the acoustic store. He was doing the repairs on all the pre-war Martins and blah, blah, blah. So, what, so his name is Butch Boswell. And during the course of the last 25 years when he was working at this uh, music store, acoustic store in New York City, people would try to make a go at making acoustic guitars and trying to sell them, but they don't have any name recognitions. People are going to buy a Collings. They're going to buy a Martin. Buy a tail or something, so people would say, "I tried to make a go with this acoustic guitar thing, but I couldn't." So, do you want to buy the wood? The wood? So he spent a quarter of a million dollars and got all this exotic woods, like hundred-year-old Brazilian this and Indian that, and and uh, Adirondack this and blah blah blah. So he has this this gorgeous wood, and so he moved to Portland, Oregon, up probably not far from Paul Gilbert. He's making these beautiful acoustic guitars. 
So he sent me one. They're about 15 grand. I mean, he didn't charge me that for it, much less. But I, it's beautiful. It's not anything like the one Bruce is talking about. It's not that. But it's a great acoustic guitar. It's like the, a, a good... A flat good, top. Good flat, flat top. top. Yeah. Good yeah. flat top. Yeah. And wow. so I use that now, and that's, that's what I've been using that's pretty much. One. And yeah. it's a good pickup setup for well, that? Well, I got a, um LR Bags Anthem okay. system in it. Yeah. And then I went through all these acoustic guitar amps, and none of them worked very well for me because... I don't know. There's too many compromises. So I finally wound up with a QSC uh, powered speaker, uh, powered like speaker, a monitor. Like yeah, one. exactly that one. Yeah, two thousand watts, great, ten right? inch speaker, and I can put it on a stick like that. Or I can put it on the floor. I can use it a wedge in front of me, or I just use it as a. That's amp. what Tommy Emmanuel uses, isn't it? But just PA, yeah. When when I've seen him, yeah, yeah, he wasn't using any kind of guitar amp. He has a little PA with. Exactly like that. He has two speakers on on Each stands, yep. Yep. and they're powered. Yeah, and I think that's what he's using. And he had the best tone. Oh my God! Yeah, ever. That's you know, what I, like wow. You know. So I went through all these acoustic amps, and that's what I figured out is those things sound the best. And they got plenty of power. It's got two channels, so I can plug a mic into it, so I can croak one out every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> I sing, and then I found out the the secret is this Grace acoustic preamp. They make three of them, different sizes. One of them has too many knobs on it. It gives me option anxiety. The Felix, they make a Bix, and they make this other one. Well, they all have trick names. So I got this little one, the size of a the pedal. It's an output, uh, uh, output volume treble bass and middle on it. Yep. It's got a boost. It's a beautiful preamp. I plug my Anthem, preamp, Anthem pickup system into that from there into a reverb. A, a, a TC Electronics reverb to volume pedal and go right out to that thing. Sounds beautiful. Gorgeous. It's all I need. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That's so, awesome. I mean, it's not nothing complicated, but yeah. these acoustic guitar amps, I, I don't know. I, I guess you, some, you, you've done a lot of gear demos over the years, right? I have. Where <laughs> have yeah. I ever? I mean, that's one of the things that I think has held me in the music business for this long. I've never tried to do one thing. Right. I've always been tried to keep as many irons in the fires as I could because I knew that when the plane dropped off, hopefully some articles and magazines would pick up. Or if they dropped off, writing a, writing a book for Hal Leonard or Alfred or Mel Bay would pick up. Yeah. And so I always kept these many things going. So I'd always have some kind of income stream. I wasn't stupid about it. I just, you know, it wasn't. So that's still what I do. I mean, yeah. the income streams have gotten considerably smaller. I mean, as far as, as, far as options to do... And nobody's writing, nobody's writing books anymore. Who cares? Well, I mean, you guys were the, I guess, the pioneers with the whole video stuff and everything. Because now you, I mean, you've got True Fire, My Music Masterclass. I mean, you go down that rabbit hole and you could be lost for <laughs> forever in those videos because there's so much stuff out there now. You know, so so much free stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've done several courses for True Fire. They're they're a good company. Oh, you've done stuff for True Fire, yeah? Yeah, for yeah. Two or three I courses. did stuff for them when they were first starting. Remember when they were... Very first starting. They yeah. were Notes on Call then. Yeah. Remember in Guitar Player remember, Magazine? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I did a couple of them. Um, I don't know. They're doing some pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. Just the technology now that what you can, you know, do with the lesson online and mm -hmm. it's amazing. Well, Steve probably, you don't know about this, but, you know, MI's trying to get their whole shebang online. You know, because they're yeah, trying, Steve to, told trying, me about to, it. trying to do the same thing Berkeley's doing. And right. I had an online class for a while that was doing pretty good. I had like 20 students or so a semester. 
it would be 10, 10 weeks. Yeah. And now they've kind of blown me off because now they want to get their core classes online. So I guess when they finish that, which could be like six months or it could be a year, who knows, then they said they're going to want me to come back and do my online classes again, which, which I always had fun doing them. The only drag is you don't get to see them. They see you play, and they can hear like my backing tracks. They can see me, and they can watch me play and hear me play. But all I see from them is their texts. So they you don't ever hear them? By text. No. They, they, but see, it's a video thing. There's 10 videos that they watch. Yeah. You know, and, and it's 10 lessons. So they see the lesson, and then every Tuesday, there's uh, a, an online one-hour video chat where they see me and they ask questions about that lesson. Right. And if they don't want to, and it's, they, they don't have to ask about that lesson. They can ask something more complex if they want to. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of loose. You know, because a lot of guys, the first couple lessons are pretty remedial and the guys are usually past that and they want to do something a little more advanced. But anyway, my point was that um, they got that online thing to the point where it was going so well that they had 20 students almost every semester for like six or seven semesters in a row, which was like amazing. You know, Oz was doing it. You know, Oz Noy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing it. They had another guy at school that was doing it on um, arranging, and he had some students. And, but anyway, they kind of knocked off that stuff to get all their core stuff online. I don't even know why I'm telling you guys this, because we were just t talking about how the, the landscape has changed. Yeah. But, but from what I'm hearing, Berkeley, and correct me if I'm wrong, who's ever out there, but Berkeley is making like something like sixty-five or seventy percent of the money that they make from online from their yeah. online stuff, yeah. which is like, whoa, really? That whole much? Whole different ball game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's changing. Yeah, you know, the online thing is huge. Yeah, they bring the that mountain to Muhammad. Point. They bring the what's it's the word? Boring point. I yeah, think yeah, I saw yeah. some tumbleweeds rolling by while I was no, talking. No, no. <laughs> I mean, crickets. God, if you guys go back to when you guys were was learning and studying with your teachers how much i mean it's just changed so much to how you teach guitar now would you would you agree with that i mean of course the technology's changed so much but it hasn't changed so much for how you approach in teaching compared to how you were taught well personally i'll tell you what happened for my from with my students is that now we were talking about this earlier the student level has gone down compared to what I've seen in the last even 10 years. And I think my theory is that it's due to that, you know, nowadays they have a computer and everybody has the attention span of a marshmallow, like I said. Yeah. And there's this, there's this era now of that's good enough. Mm. And the old days where we all say, stayed in the bedroom and wherever we stayed and practiced with a, with a perseverance and a discipline that it takes to be virtuosic at an instrument. Nobody has the perseverance or discipline or patience to do that anymore. So they get to a certain point, which is two or three chords, and they say, that's good enough. And, then they, and so there's very few of these virtuoso guys coming out anymore. They're still around, but they don't really come to school. And I think that my teaching has gone now to a point where where I used to teach very advanced musical concepts. Now I'm just teaching them 
basically fundamentals. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I wish I could still teach the advanced. It's more fun, but you got to go where the students are. Yeah. And the yeah. students now, they're, no, they're not less interested. They're just, you know, you can only hold their attention for well, a few Well, MI minutes. has become more or less, it started as a jazz school, but now, as you know, um, it's not so much a place where you teach musicians how to be better musicians. It's where you teach non-musicians to become musicians. musicians. Yeah. So, so anybody can come to the school. There's no test or anything. Yeah. And, and you know, I could pull one of the girls that works at my bank out of the bank and say, come be a student in MI, and yeah, they would be accepted, and, yeah. and they would just start learning how to turn the volume knob up and do this <laughs> and do that, and, and they, you know, like... Yeah. It, but the thing is, though, on the other side of it, when we talk about virtuosos, a lot of people have made a hell of a lot of money and had success without ever coming close to being a virtuoso. Yeah. You know, some people have made a millions and millions of dollars and can't tune their guitar. Yeah. So you can't say to somebody that, that oh, you should sit there and practice and be a virtuoso because that doesn't mean shit. Right. It's like, if be a virtuoso if you want to be one, but if you don't want to be one, don't fucking be one. Right. Just say, count on luck. Maybe you'll, you know, make sure you, you're hot, you look good. And try to be at the right place at the right time, and maybe you're going to get lucky. And have a and, parent that's in and, the music industry. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that would be good. Have, have, you know, have your uh, parent, your your dad, be the head of Sony. That would yeah. probably help. And then, and then, you know, that way, the person like, you know, I don't, I don't like to be like the kind of judgmental teacher that says, well, I think you should learn. You know, only if they tell me I'm really interested in learning how to play over chord changes would I ever teach anybody how to play over chord changes. Right. You know, like a lot of guys come to me and they just they just want to know like really basic stuff like yeah like you know like how do you get a sound or or that thing you're doing with your whammy bar what are you doing with that and or just really stuff that a, a rank student somebody that has virtually no experience at all in music right. would ask you know like if you were a kid off the street and you just came in to watch somebody play what are you doing with that bend how yeah. how are you making it vibrato like that right you know is it this is the questions we got to answer this is what we're get, getting paid to hey, answer hey, do you Steve, do you see a lot more people more into country more into blues or is it across more into jazz i mean what are you seeing on that side of it or is it still the same and well, where I'm working now, the university, it's a university. Right. So it's, 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 when I think about blues and country, it's, it's, I think they consider that more street styles. And right. so they don't want to pay a quarter of a million dollars to learn that. So we went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I want to pay a bunch of money so I can be a junkie. <laughs> a fucking guitar junkie. Contagion Swept away 
folks line Followed by an education And how not to spend your time
Promised land. <laughs> 